0: While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: A familiar scripture is 2 Kings chapter 6. Amen. If you're there, I know you've been standing a lot, so I'm not going to ask you to stand. If you if you're there, say I have it. If not, say wait. Second Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down the trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, so he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Is that what your Bible says? Look at verse number four again. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. Grab somebody by the hand and repeat my subject to them. Say neighbor. Come on, you said better than that. Say neighbor. Neighbor. Let's cut down some trees. Let's cut down some trees. Are y'all going to help us with the word of the Lord? Come on, put your hands together for the word of the Lord if you're going to help us. Second Kings uh, chapter number six, and in particular, uh, many stories uh, that are recorded in Holy Writ, uh, dealing in particular with uh, Elisha, have in essence become... Uh, somewhat uh, familiar to those of us who are part of the body of Christ and have been in church for some time. And, of course, one of the dangers of dealing with a a familiar text is that people have a tendency to kind of zone out and tune you out because they feel they have heard uh, everything that they need to hear from a particular passage of Scripture. The Bible lets us know, however, that deep calls unto deep, in other words, the word of God has no bottom, that there is more information, more insight, and more importantly, more revelation that God chooses to reveal to us through his holy word. Elisha was selected by Elisha to be his successor as God had instructed him. Now, it's important to understand that Elisha is following Elisha. And the first time that we are introduced to Elisha, we see that he, in fact, is already working. God had told Elisha that he was uh, preparing him to anoint and call forth the next person that was going to be the prophet unto the nation. And so when Elisha goes and finds Elisha, The scripture records that Elisha is, in fact, already working. In other words, he was plowing his father's field. In other words, when Elisha finds his replacement in Elisha, he finds Elisha already working. The Bible says that then Elisha takes his mantle, his covering, and throws it over Elisha and instructs him to follow him. Now, it's important because Elijah is uh, locating, finding, identifying his successor. And he understands that the person that's coming after me is going to have to have certain qualities that are needful and necessary for where God wants to take the people. Therefore, I think it's important to understand, of course, and I say again that when Elijah finds Elisha, he is already working, plowing his father's field. Doesn't find Elisha at home chilling. He doesn't find him playing Xbox. He doesn't find him just sitting around twilling in his thumbs. And there's a whole lot of people who want promotion, but they don't understand that you must already be working. In order for God to identify you as the person who is potentially able to take this thing to the next level, Elisha then, after he is covered by Elijah, followed him until the time had instructed Elijah that the Lord instructs Elijah that his time was up and he was preparing now to bring him home. After saying his final goodbyes to Elijah, his students at the school of the prophets both elisha and elisha now come to the jordan you know the story the bible says that elijah takes his mantle and rolls it up and he strikes the jordan river and the water parts left and right and both elijah and elisha cross over across the jordan the bible says that when they cross over the jordan that elisha asks elisha what is it that you want from me Elisha tells him, I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elisha tells him that if you see me when I'm taken, uh, it will happen to you. Now, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me, if you stay focused on your leader, what you desire of God will happen for you. Bible says that as they transpire along the way that God shows up in a form of a whirlwind, separates Elisha and Elisha, and God takes Elisha up in a whirlwind. Now when Elisha is taken up, the Bible says that his mantle falls from him. But when his mantle falls from him, the first thing that Elisha says is, my father, my father. Then before he reaches down to take up Elisha's mantle, he does something very important. He tears his own mantle before he up Elisha's mantle. In other words, Elisha understood that I cannot carry two mantles. I can't maintain the thing that I want and carry the thing that God has designed for me to carry through the man of God at the same time. And so he tears up his own mantle. Let me put it in another way. Before Elisha picks up Elijah's vision, he tears up his own vision because he understood that if my vision is going to come to pass it's going to come to pass as a result of me embracing the vision of my leader. See the problem that we're having with many people is that they're frustrated because they're trying to understand why is it that God has not brought my dreams and my visions to pass? It's because you have not connected your dream and your vision under the auspices of the covering of the place that God has assigned for your life. In other words the thing that God wants to do to you is important but you must understand that the thing God wants to do corporately in this house is greater than your personal assignment and as soon as you connect your personal vision your personal mantle to the mantle of the man of God God will then bring the thing that you desire to pass tell somebody you got to tear your mantle up first The Bible says that after Elijah is taken by God, that Elisha comes back in order to cross over the Jordan. Watch what he does now. He takes the mantle that has fallen from Elisha. He rolls it up. He strikes the water. He crosses over onto the Jordan River. When he crosses over the Jordan River, the students of the school look. Elijah and say, hold up, uh, we witness now that the spirit of Pastor Jones, I mean, the spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. They notice that Elisha is there, but elijah's spirit is resting upon him and the students now respect Elisha because of the spirit of Elijah that's on him the spirit of the pastor should rest upon every follower of God in this church one of the problems that we're having is that we're coming in contact now with people who don't have the spirit of the leader And whenever you're dealing with people who don't have the spirit of the leader, they will easily frustrate you when you're trying to do the thing that God has assigned you to do through the leader that God has set over your life. That's why you got to always mark people who don't have the spirit of your leader. Ask your neighbor, do you have the spirit of your leader? the Bible lets us know and I'm hurrying now that that Elijah now begins to perform exploits. Remember now he has asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. In other words every successor ought to do at least double as much as the preceding generation. Every good father wants his children to do greater than he did. It is a poor father who does not want his child or children to go further and greater than him. Elijah has said, I want to do twice as many miracles as Elijah has done. Elijah, being a good father, but now Elisha prepares. Now he begins to walk in those miracles. Come on. He causes this Shunammite woman's oil to overflow in such a way that she sells those jars of oil and she brings her and her son out of debt. Come on. There was a young man who died and Elijah stretched out his body over him and brought him back to life. Come on there was a pot of stew that had become poisonous that Elijah performed the miracle and pulled the poison right out of the stew. Elijah begins to perform as many and twice as miracles as Elijah did. I want to tell you fellowship church that the only way you're going to do greater exploits is you got to make sure that you stay connected to your leader. You don't allow the enemy or else to separate you and divide you from the man and woman of God that he has set and established over your life I'm trying to tell y'all that if you stay connected you're gonna do twice as much you're gonna have twice as much you're gonna go further than the preceding generations and God is gonna bless your life slap your neighbor high five tell him you're gonna do twice as much the Bible says now, watch the text. Uh, that the prophets of the school now come to Elijah and they inform him that the place where we are is too small. Yeah, they, they had, in other words, they had to come to terms with where they were. They come to Elijah. This place is too small. This this place where we are is not working for us. It's not working here. We can't reach our full potential potential in this small place we know that greater is in our future and in order to foster greater there must be a change that takes place look at somebody and tell them change is getting ready to happen in order for greater to happen that means that change must take place in order for God to do abundance in your life change has to take place God will not perform miracles in your life and allow you to stay where you are change must take place place. Yeah, they come to Elijah and tell him that the place where we are is too small. Now in the Hebrew the word small there means narrow or tight or limited but I also found out that that word also means adversary or enemy. In other words the place wasn't small simply because of a lack of space but the space had become adversarial. The place had become a threat Oh God, or a block to their advancement as a meeting location. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling y'all that the greatest enemy that tries to It's blocking you from where our faith we need to be made uncomfortable with where we are you need to become unsatisfied with where you are you need to stop taking scripture out of context talking about i've learned to be satisfied and content with whatever state i'm in the devil is a lie if it does not reflect how big and how great our god is slap somebody. tell him i don't want none of that stretch We need to be made uncomfortable in order to put our faith to use and expand the usage of our gifts. Yeah, God is about to expand and enlarge your territory. He's about to use your gifts in a manner that's never been used before. I'm going to get out of your way in a minute. They tell Elijah, the place where we are is too small. Can we go to the Jordan cut down some trees and make a better and larger place there. Glory. Elijah said, yeah, we, we, we can go and do that. He, he, they said, well, we want you to come with us. He, he consents to go with them, and, and they make their way to the Jordan in order to cut down trees. I, I thought it was rather strange for them to ask to go to the Jordan All right. in order to cut down trees. Because if the place where they are is too small, it seems logical that they would then cut down some trees where they were and build a larger place there. Why go to the Jordan to get trees and then request to build the place there, according to verse 2, there in the Jordan and not come back to where they were? What is the deal then with where they are? Well, in the background of the text, we discover that Elijah um, had founded and developed three schools of the prophets. These were places where Elijah were training young prophets to be seers, to be prophets over the nation. There was a school of prophets in Gilgal. There was a school of the prophets in Bethel. And there was a school of the prophets in Jordan. This particular group is the school of the prophets who had been in Jericho. Remember now, they tell Elijah that the prophets, where they are is too small. Small, again, is not so much space, but it's adversarial. It's an enemy issue. Remember now that Jericho is the place, and the praise team reminded us, um, where Joshua and the children of Israel march around the walls once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they march around six times. And Joshua tells them on the seventh time when they hear the priest blow the tree, Trumpet, that they are to lift up their voices and shout the bible says that when the people shouted the walls fell down flat and the people went in and possessed the city remember now according to joshua chapter 6 and verse 26 joshua pronounced a curse over jericho that tragedy would come upon anyone who tried to rise up and build in the city these students at the school of the prophets in Jericho said that we can't build in Jericho because a curse has been pronounced over this city. We want to go to the Jordan in order to build there. In other words, they didn't want to use anything from Jericho to build in the new place. Lord, help them get it in, in a minute. God was about to do a new thing, but he couldn't do the new thing with old stuff. And so in order for them to build the new thing that God had for their lives, they couldn't use the wood from Jericho because Jericho, remember, was a place of curse. And because what God was about to do in their life was going to be a new thing, God wanted them to use new stuff in order to do the new thing. I'm trying to tell somebody that when God prepares to move you into new seasons and new opportunities and new places, you can't bring the same old people. Happy, stay connected with people who always want to remind you of how things were bad in Jericho. When God has released you to your new place, look, I tell them you've been released to your new place. Yeah, and when you get released to your new place, you can't put yeah new wine in old wine skis. They were saying to Elijah, "We can't do nothing with the cursed trees in Jericho. We need those trees that have been planted by." the students of the school now make their way to the Jordan I'm almost there y'all the Bible says that as they are cutting down trees in the Jordan that one of the young men who was swinging his axe while he was cutting down a tree the Bible says that the axe head came off of the handle flew off of the handle and fell in the water the Bible says that this young man now runs to Elijah and says alas master I lost my axe head alas master it was borrowed it fell in the water his axe head fell in the water that he was working with in order to cut down trees remember now that every man was to a beam. Come on, I read the text. They Every man was supposed to go to the Jordan, cut down a tree, and make a beam for the building project. Therefore, he was obligated to cut down a tree, make a beam in order to support the building of the new place. But this young man now loses his actions his iron axe head falls into the water and sinks to the bottom of the water. The Bible says now that he runs to Elijah and says, this is a tragedy. Because without his axe head, he would be limited in the thing that was required of him to do. And that's what I want to bring out of this text this morning. And I'm going to bid y'all good afternoon. First of all, watch this. with the axe he is endangering his equal contribution. I said without the axe he is endangering his equal contribution. I need to tell you fellowship church that your whole assignment is a contributor not a consumer. The whole reason that you are here is not so that you can just continue to consume but you're here to also be inclined. We're more indoctrinated as consumers than we are contributors. Our posture is typically one of being served as opposed to serving. Even when scripture tells us that if we would be great, then we must become servants. We're still predisposed to sitting by the wayside while somebody else takes the responsibility of cutting down trees. Come on, when we look at the God-directed command to tithe i'm gonna give you this as an example when we look at tithing in scripture we typically understand tithing as a money principle but tithing is not a money principle it has never been about your money god doesn't require us to tithe because he's broke God doesn't require us to tithe because he's having trouble keeping the sun lit and his power bill is past due. God doesn't require us to tithe because he needs our money. So then why does God require us to tithe? He requires us to tithe because the tithing now, because a reflection of our relationship with him as your neighbor, are you a tither? Got mighty quiet in Fellowship Presbyterian Church. Uh, We must understand now that if tithing was about money, then those who make more would be required to give more. Are y'all with me? If tithing was about money, then those who make more would be required to give more. But however, we must understand that my 10% of $200 is just as in and of value as those who gave 10% of 2,000 right. because everybody equally contributes 10%. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you an equal contributor? Yeah. Right. And we don't really see the fullness and the significance of this because here it is, you may be tithing, but five people around you are not. All right. All right. You got quiet. In other words, you cutting down a tree, a tither, but five others around you are not tithing. They're not cutting down trees, but they're sitting there waiting to enjoy the blessings of the trees, the multiple trees that you now have to cut down to make up for those who are not cutting down trees. I mean, tithing. Lord, y'all got real quiet. As your neighbor, are you an equal contributor? Equal the sad part about it, Pastor Tony, is that everybody has an ax. Because everybody has something to offer it's time, it's time fellowship church to free yourself of the negative past where you were made to feel as if you were so insignificant that even what you had at your disposal was of no value I've come to tell somebody that no matter how small you were made to feel, no matter what you've been through no matter how you've literally been stripped of what you have and what you have left seems to be void of any worth, the only reason that it didn't kill you what you've been through is because there is a tree that only you can cut down with your axe. The only reason you're alive today is there is an assignment that God has placed over your life that nobody else can do and fulfill but you. Now, with that in mind, you got to keep that in mind because it's always the plan of the enemy to make you feel bad about who you are, to try to damage your worth and your value and who you are in the body of Christ and who you are in the kingdom of heaven. But when you understand that there is a potential has birthed and created me in the earth to do that can't nobody do but me you'll be able to stand flat-footed square your shoulders and put a smile on your face and tell yourself I am a person of worth and value and the only reason I have survived what I have been through in my past is because there is yet something that God has assigned over my life to fulfill and I'm not going nowhere until i fulfill everything that god has assigned for me to do slap somebody tell them there's a tree with your name on it there's a tree with your name on it no matter the past pain no matter what you have been through you have something of worth you have something to contribute even if church people make you feel unworthy to use your act because of past indiscretions I want to tell you baby with tears in your eyes there is a tree that only you can cut that's why the young man said alas master my axe head fell in the water because there is a tree that has my name on it and it's not going nowhere because I've been assigned to cut this tree down slap somebody and tell them it's your assignment your assignment i don't care what you've experienced i don't care what you've been through in your past i don't care how bad church people make you feel i don't care how they throw up your past in your face the thing that god has assigned for you to do is the thing that only you and you alone can do they can talk about you all they get ready when god hand is on your life you get fulfill everything that God has called and assigned for you to do If even if you gotta walk by yourself hold your head up baby dry your eyes and tell the devil you shot your best shot but I know what God has for me he's assigned me to do it and can't nobody do it the best way that they can do it other than myself slap somebody high five and tell them it's all about me I don't care what you've been through. Your dad might have walked out. Your mom might have dogged you out. You've gone through some things, heartbroken relationships, but you have something to offer. You've got a major contribution that you yet have to offer. No matter what you've been through, your contribution is valid. Your contribution is worthy. Your contribution is needed. Your contribution is necessary. I don't care how long you've been in this church, don't you let the old hands make you feel like you are unfit and not prepared to serve how God has assigned for your life you might have come up in this church as a child and now you're a senior don't you put your mouth on nobody and make them feel bad because you've been here for 45 years understand that what God is doing is raising up a generation who has made up in their mind I don't care what I've been through in my past God has anointed me for Without the axe head, I'm getting there, y'all. Without the axe head, the second thing I want to tell you is that proficiency is compromised. I said without the axe head, proficiency is compromised. Tell somebody, you're compromising our proficiency. In other words, when this young man lost his axe head, he no longer has a cutting edge. He has an axe handle With no axe head. Yeah, he has, yeah, a handle, an axe handle, but he has no cutting iron axe head. You would be surprised by how many people are content to swing axe handles and make excuses for their lack of proficiency. Oh, well, uh, my axe head fell in the water. Ain't nothing I can do about that. And so swinging the axe without the axe head grants for some to make the conclusion that I did try. And I was given my very best. We'll beat a tree instead of cutting a tree down y'all ain't saying nothing to my God knows my heart. Lord have mercy. And he knows that I'm doing my best. He knows that I'm making an attempt. He knows that the odds are stacked up against me. You my resources are limited. You can't do but so much because I don't have as much as other people have but I need to tell you that this is not the season to garner greater sympathy and cause folk to feel sorry for you because you lost your cutting edge and you have become content with beating trees when the objective is to a tree. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but everybody in this place at least knows one person that when you see them coming, you're ready to go the other way, because they always got a sad story, always got some pitiful excuse, always looking dry and ashy, always got a down countenance, and you don't want to fear. Some of y'all ain't saying that because you the one. And you don't want to fool with them, because they're always making excuses about why they're not where they need to be. God said, here with a little bit of strength that I have to tell somebody that you got to stop making excuses and go after everything that God has for you. It's time to get your proficiency back and get back to cutting down some trees. The first step, the first step in recovering your proficiency is to take ownership and responsibility for the lack of proficiency. Watch the text. Note now that the axe head fell into the water. The man immediately takes ownership for what transpired. That's why he said, alas, master. In other words, oh no, master. Because this is a tragic situation. Why is this so tragic? Because it was borrowed. This young man is using a borrowed axe now. Elisha asked him, watch the text, where did it fall? The Bible says that he showed him the place. We'll never recover it acting like we don't know where we misplaced it. Like this man, we've got to be honest and declare, I know where it is. Tell somebody, I know where I lost it. I know where I lost my proficiency. I know where I lost my effectiveness. Somebody left it in a place called exhaustion. You were so tired that leaving your proficiency, leaving your ax head in that place, became more attractive than fulfilling your assignment. Somebody left it in a place called hurt the pain of that situation that dilemma that abuse that hurt was so severe that you consciously and subconsciously subscribe to never feel that again the possibility of relieving that pain reliving that pain calls you to leave that axe head right where it is somebody left it in a place called fear you were so afraid of what you may encounter based on what transpired in the past so afraid of the possible rejection So afraid of people laughing at you. So afraid of what could potentially happen that fear has literally shaken you to the core. But I like it now. Notice that Elisha never asked him, how did he lose it? Elisha asked him, where did you lose it? Tell somebody, I didn't ask you how he never asked him how did he do it because he never asked explained asked him to explain how or why he lost it because Elijah knew if I asked him how or what happened that it would open up the door for him to talk about something that neither one of them could do anything about and that is the Yes, y'all ain't with me Elijah didn't ask him how it happened or what happened he asked him where did he lose it where did it fall and he showed him the place showing Elijah the place is not for the purpose of reliving that place but for the recovery of your proficiency so that you can go back cutting down a tree in order to move forward. Elijah is not interested in how it happened. All he wanted to know is where did it fall? Because at the end of the day, we'll lose a whole lot of time talking about how it happened. And the reason some folk, when you come to them for help, they will ask you how or why is because they want to get into your business. Instead of giving you the solution proficiency. Y'all ain't saying nothing but some of the most gossiping people ain't saying nothing in first corinthians chapter 12 the apostle paul talks about the unity of the body and he informs the believers in Corinth of how vital each part of the body is working in various gifted capacities toward the accomplishment of total body movement when a part of your body is not functioning When a part of your body is missing, it puts a strain on the entire body because now the body has to yet and still function because movement must still take place. But it puts additional strain on the body in order to perform how it has been designed to function. Paul was letting the saints at Corinth know that every part of the body is important. And when one part is not functioning properly, it puts a strain on the entire body. Tell somebody we need everybody working the right foot can't afford to say to the left foot I got this and you can go to sleep now that leaves the body to hop around and left to hop on one foot Uh, we can't depend on outside sources like crutches in order to accomplish the assignment of movement thereby showing us now that the entire body now is suffering because of certain parts that are not functioning the way that God has caused them to function, you will be surprised that there are people who sit in churches across the length and breadth of this country who are content to sit back and watch their church, the church that they profess to love so much, hop on one foot. You would be surprised of how many people, yeah, Monday through Saturday, bragging and boasting about their pastor and their church. Oh, fellowship church, Pastor Tony, I love him so much. But they're content to sit back and not function the way God has designed for them to function within the confines of the ministry. Touch somebody on the left and right and tell them that day is over that day is over. God is requiring us all to function in the way that God has assigned us to function. We can't continue to boast about how wonderful our ministry are and yet and still we sit back and we're not working in the capacity that God has given Gifted and graced us to function. Jethro told Moses, the work is too great. The work is too much for one man. So the Lord took Moses' spirit and placed it on 70 leaders to serve with him. Nehemiah, the assignment to rebuild the wall is too great to accomplish on your own. So Nehemiah had to rally the people and station families of companies along the wall in order to get the work done. Jesus knew, now I've got three years and then I'm out. But the work must continue. It's too great for one person. So Jesus chose 12 who turned into 70, who turned into 120 in the upper room. And then on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to the church. The early apostles said to themselves, the work is too much for us to do by ourselves. So they chose seven men to work in serving in order to get the work done. do me a favor and grab somebody by the hand and say hey neighbor neighbor. come on say hey neighbor we are a team and we can accomplish more together with everybody working tell them that means you and I now clap your hands and give God praise I'm closing watch this what makes this the most tragic I'm doing the best I can with what I got y'all What makes this the most tragic is that the axe, remember now, does not belong to the man. He is not the owner of this axe. He tells Elijah that the axe is borrowed. It was on loan from somebody else. Hmm. It's the symbolic representation of the fact that what we have is on loan to us that everything that you got is borrowed. Go on, everything that we have belongs to somebody else. Well, y'all sitting there looking at me funny. I know your name is on the check. I know your name is on the deed. I know your name is on it. Come on. But you must understand it's borrowed. Come on. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell Therein, everything that we have is borrowed. Look at somebody telling me, everything you have is borrowed. borrowed. Everything you have is borrowed. Everything that you have is on loan from God. Everything that you have, you've been graced with by God. And so our axe head, our cutting edge, our gifts are borrowed are stewards of managers of somebody else's acts we are stewards we're managers of somebody else's gifts Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 that our gifts have been graced to us through Christ that the gifts that we have he loaned them to us by and through grace You have been great. You didn't do anything to merit what you have. Your gifts have been graced to you by God. That's why you should never ever allow anybody to make you feel bad or any kind of way about how God uses you. Because what you have has been graced to you by God. In other words, there's nothing special that he did to merit the gifts of God tell somebody it's been graced to you grace. so how dare we remain stagnant and ineffective in utilizing what we've been graced with there is coming a time of accountability for what you and I have done with the Lord's acts ask your neighbor what have you done with the Lord's acts note now that it was one act. I'm closing y'all I promise you I'm finished It was one axe head, one gift. Give me something so I can close this. It was one axe. It was one axe head. It was one gift. (laughs) We're so busy trying to impress people with our multiplicity of gifts that we can't perfect one. Are y'all with me? I said, we can't perfect one because we, we want to impress people. You know, I'm, I got the five-fold gift. And, and we we want to impress people and talk about how wonderful we are, but, but we need to focus on perfecting one. Our testimony should not be, Lord, your axe head fell in the water and I left it there because we'll have to give an account for what we've borrowed. Encourage yourself. Tell somebody, I'm going to utilize and make the most of what the Lord has graced me with. Come on, I said encourage somebody. Encourage yourself. Tell yourself, I'm going to utilize and make the most of what the Lord has graced me with. Whatever the axe head is, whatever the gift is, whatever the talent is, you can't leave it where it is. You can't allow it to lie dormant at the bottom of the river you can't let it just stay where it is, and you not function in the capacity that God has called you to function. Tell somebody the devil is a liar. Yeah, liar. Too much is at stake, too much is on the line. My my success and the success of this ministry, the excellent service of this ministry is tied to that axe head. My well-being is connected to this axe head. My destiny is tied to the operation of my gift. My children and their well-being is tied to the operation of your gift. Everything that God has for you is connected to your gifts. You can't allow what fell in the water to stay where it is because God has more in store for you. Notice notice that neither the man who lost the axe head or anybody else jumped into the water in order to retrieve it because your gift, the axe head has weight (laughs) and it sank to the bottom. There was no scuba diving gear, there was no diving team but look what happened. The Bible says that Elisha used a gift detector (laughs) in order to find the axe head. He asked the young man where did it fall and he showed him the place where it fell and Elisha in essence used a some mistake that happened one night uh, when your parents were excited no you, you're not an accident that happened in the back seat of somebody's car you, you, you're not here by happen chance but you're here on purpose and you're here because you have purpose what is purpose purpose is the creative intention that answers the question of why All right. there is an answer to the question of why you exist and that is purpose And so, in other words, when the iron head fell to the bottom of the water, when the gift fell into the water and sank to the bottom, Elijah then cut off the intention or the purpose for by which the axe was created in order to get it to float to the surface. I'm closing because I I see I lost you, so I'm going to get out of the way. In other words, the purpose and the intention of the axe is to cut wood. And so Elisha took a piece of wood and threw it in the water where the axe head fell and the axe head floated to the surface because gifts are attracted to purpose. And so when Elisha threw in the purpose by which the axe exists, the axe rose to the occasion. And the reason many of us, our gifts and our talents are lying dormant is because we need to make sure that our purpose, oh God, is connected to the intention or the reason by which God graced us with the gift. You got to make sure that you're in the right place, doing the right thing that God has called and gifted you to do. That's when the connection happens. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Tell somebody, are you in the right place at the right time? Elijah cut off purpose everybody stand so I can pray Elijah cut off purpose the wood and threw it in the place where the gift fell and it floated to the top because purpose will always stir up gifts I said purpose will always stir up gifts you have gifts the problem is the reason it's lying dormant the reason it's lying at the bottom of the river is because it will only surface for purpose It will only come to the top for purpose. Fellowship Church, join hands. I want to pray. Fellowship Church, musicians softly, understand that there are gifts all around this church. God has graced each and every one of us with gifts. And even on this day, as we celebrate this man of God, God thought enough of Fellowship Church (laughs) <laughs> to grace you with a gift in your pastor. He's leading by example. He's setting a precedence for you. He's establishing a road by which we must follow. And brothers and sisters, everything that God has in store for us, he's ready to bring to the surface. He's ready to utilize you in a way and in a capacity that you have been created and designed to function. A whole lot of people are confused within the body of Christ because they find themselves operating in areas that they have not been purposed to operate in. We gotta make sure that our gifts match our purpose. We gotta make sure that there's an alignment because when that alignment takes place, we're able to retrieve our cutting edge. The thing that God has designed and assigned for us to do. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Squeeze that hand now and even around this church begin to pray for that neighbor. In the name of Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and pray. God, I pray for the gifts that lie dormant in my neighbor. There's some things that you want to bring to the surface in their lives. There's some things that you want to bring to pass in their lives. There's some things that you want to do by and through them. It's the plan of the enemy to keep them disconnected, their gifts and their purpose, to bring a disconnection there. But, Father, even around this sanctuary, as we squeeze hands and as we pray, I ask, Lord, that you would meet your people this morning. I ask, Father, that you would touch them even now. I ask, Father, that you would stretch forth your hand that you, oh God, as I squeeze my neighbor's hand, that you will stir up the gifts of God that are on the inside of them. God, I pray that you would bring to the surface every ax head, every cutting edge, every gift and every talent that is lying dormant. God, I just pray that you bring it to the surface. Oh God, I know that you've called my neighbor for such a time as this. And I believe that you have something wonderful in store for their lives. And even now, God, as I squeeze and as I pray for my neighbor, God, I just thank you for them. Thank you for their family. Thank you for their homes. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. You brought them to this place. And so, Father, I pray now that you would touch them and meet them at the point of their need. In the name of Jesus, we know that you're able. We know that there's no shortage in you. We know that there's no weakness in you. We know that there's no failure in you. We know, God, that you can do anything have your way in my neighbor's life bless the hands that I hold even now in the name of Jesus we glorify you for who you are and we thank you for what we know and believe and trust that you're going to do we give you praise because you called us for such a time as this and we know father that in the midst of what we have gone through and in spite of everything thank you that you're ordering our steps even on today and you're bringing us to that place that you've assigned for our lives we stir up every gift now cause your people to have a greater understanding that god you have called them for such a time as this we thank you for what we know you're going to do we pray blessings now upon pastor tony thank you god for allowing him to see another year thank you for what you have brought him through Thank you for where you're taking him to. We honor you for him. We thank you for the ministry and the gift. We thank you for what you've placed and assigned over his life. And I ask, Father, even now that you would continue to strengthen him like never before. Bless his wife. Bless his family. And everything he has set his hands upon to do, we speak blessings over it. Because, God, we know that as you bless our leader, those blessings are going to flow down into the body. And we give you praise for it right now. We come against the plan of the enemy. And every spirit that is not like God no weapon that is formed against him will be able to prosper have your way now and strengthen him order his steps and use him as you see fit we thank you now and we give you praise for what we know you're going to do God, if there be any sickness in this room, if there be any aches, any pains, any troubles, any worries, we turn those things over to you because we know that you're able to do anything but fail. Have your way now in the name of Jesus. We pray and we thank you. Let those hands go and begin to bless the Lord around this church. Come on, you can do better than that. Begin to clap your hands and bless the name of the Lord. Come on, clap those hands and bless him. Come on, he's going to use you, Fellowship Church. All of your gifts, all of your talents, he's raising them up because he's got greater things in store for your life. Come on, clap your hands, open your mouth. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. your name. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you even now. Move out of your seat. I want you to run to as many people as you can. Hug as many people as you can. Tell them God is stirring up your gifts. God is stirring up your gifts. Come on. Your axe head is floating to the surface. Your potential is coming up. Hey! Your proficiency is coming back. said hug as many people as you can tell them your proficiency is coming back your gifts are coming back God is stirring up your gifts God is stirring up your talents man I wish I had the voice come on somebody open your mouth hug somebody embrace somebody come on run to somebody else Come on encourage somebody, you've been sitting by the wayside long enough, God is stirring up your gifts, you've been silent long enough, you've been sitting long enough, God is stirring up your gifts, wealth is flowing through your gifts, prosperity is flowing through your gifts, health and healing is flowing through your gifts, come on fellowship. Somebody help me bless him. I said, somebody help me bless him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We honor the Lord. And we give him praise. Be seated. My time is gone completely. I am well past my time. Be seated very quickly. Be seated very quickly. I'm not. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, praise is in order. I said praise is in order. I said praise is in order. order. I said praise is in order I believe somebody feel their gifts rise to the surface I believe somebody's encouraged because you know you've been sitting on your gifts long enough come on you've been quiet long enough tell three people on your row you've been quiet long enough you've been sitting long enough come on everything God has for you come on it's stirring up in your spirit it's stirring up in your spirit it's time for it to rise. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, throw those arms around somebody say, stir it up, Lord. Stir it up. I said, throw your arms around somebody. Say, stir it up, Lord. Stir up every gift. Stir it up. every gift every gift every talent every gift come on God's giving you your proficiency back God's giving your cutting edge back God is giving you new insight new wisdom hallelujah we thank him I said we thank him I said we thank him we thank him and we give him praise Hallelujah, 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 come on I believe somebody know there's some things you should have been doing a long time ago but you put it on the shelf you put it on the shelf come on and you forgot about it but God sent this word today to tell you that he's stirring up all of your gifts it could no longer lay on the surface on the floor the bottom of the ocean God is stirring and raising up your gifts Come on, if you believe that, you ought to be clapping your hands and giving God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. You've been sitting on it long enough. I said you've been sitting on it long enough. You've been sitting on it long enough. Dream that dream. Build that home. Come on. You know you got the talent. You know you got the gift. Come on. Stir up that gift. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 There's more to you than what's on the surface. God is bringing some things up out of your spirit. Woo! I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I said, God is stirring up some things out of your spirit. Some things you gave up on. God is raising it back up. Hallelujah! I wish I had the voice to holler like I wanted to. Oh, it's coming back up. 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 He's not gonna let you leave it where you lost it. Hey, Moshe. back up again, hallelujah, listen, my time is gone, (laughs) hallelujah, thank you Lord, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord, thank you Jesus, I'm trying to leave it alone y'all but I It's coming back up again. Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand. Grab somebody by the hand. Look them in the face and say, hey neighbor, what you gave up on, God told me to tell you, it's coming back up. you left it. I'm not going to let you leave it where you dropped it. I'm not going to let you leave it where you dropped it. It's coming back up again. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back up. It's coming back up. Woo! Hallelujah! Coming back up. Pastor Tony, is coming back up. It's coming back up. Some of y'all been scratching your head. God, why you keep showing this? Why you keep showing me this? Why you keep telling me this? Why I keep waking up in the middle of the night? Why I keep dreaming the same dream? Why I keep having the same emotions? Why my family keep going through the same thing? God is trying to tell you it's coming back up again. He's not going to let you leave. Jesus (laughs) Jesus <laughs> I gotta go we gotta go I, I need you to understand and we're gonna move on I need you to understand that gifts and talents have generational consequences that gifts and talents have generational consequences. And the reason, even though you dropped it, the the reason you can't leave it where it is, is because it's tied to the next generations that's coming after you. And the plan of the enemy is that you would leave it and just walk away and forget about it. But I want you to tell three or four people around you that every generation after you is about to be blessed. Come on. I said, tell two or three people around you the generations after you. about to be blessed that's why you can't leave it that's why it's coming back up again your children's children's children yes God I wish I could haunt hallelujah you better shout for your children you better shout for your children's children you better shout for your children's children shout and praise it's coming back up again your children, for your baby. You didn't do it, but they going to do it. And they're going to do it twice as great as you did. Shout and praise. Thank you for
0: tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the Greater Triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship Family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.